Is that so? Hey, Aaron. Yeah. Are you recording? Yeah. This movie was really bad, right? (laughs) It was pretty bad. Although I gotta say, uh, Hans, you did an excellent job on the last episode. Um, Oh, thank you. That was I. That was great. It was hilarious. Oh, I haven't had a chance to listen yet. I oh, it, it's I think it's our best episode. I think we've been getting better every episode. Oh yeah, I think so too. It was very good. Every day is another chance at self improvement. Oh, and hey, guess what? Um, there was gold in the pre recording. So <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't disagree. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Zach bickering about audio quality while you just giggled in the background. <laughs> oh, that's the go- oh! I haven't listened to the episode at all. I oh, Zach, you that. should listen to it. It is very good. Uh, who's got this one? You, you do. do. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but you can't check your six. It's kind of like you know taking a screwdriver to a gunfight. What's happening? I'll call that good now. Yeah. You- <laughs> uh, just like this movie. Um, no, you won't. Take <laughs> no, that I back. I think that's what everyone on set said oh. after every take of everything. They go, yeah, good, good enough. Good enough. And just kept yeah. kept rolling. Um, so welcome to episode, which episode is this? 21, I think. 23. Nope, 23. I was way off. I lose track of what episode we're on every episode. It's like some of these movies are just a bit forgettable. <laughs> Could you uh, pop quiz yeah. for anyone who's yeah. interested? Could you tell me a single fact about the movie Black Dawn? Go. <laughs> Anything. Gun to my head? I don't. <laughs> that was two movies ago. <laughs> I really what is couldn't. he trying Honest to rescue? To God, I don't think I could. <laughs> what is the mission in Black Dawn? Is that the one with the dam? No, no, that's um, submerged. Submerged. Oh no, no, that's. Oh, Black Dawn is the one that becomes the Dark Knight Rises at the end. Black Dawn is the, the nuke oh, yeah. in yes. the nuke in like the middle valley. It's or the whatever. Chechens. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The foreigner too. Oh my, I complete. Okay. No, because yeah. I oh, asked that, that pop quiz. I didn't. I know forgot the about that entirely. I, I did not know the answer when I asked that. I got. I have to be honest. Mm. That was two movies ago. Yeah. <laughs> that was episode. It was like an age ago. Um. So. I'm looking back at our our raw files folder here, and it's getting pretty impressive. It it's very impressive. Impressive is one word. Impressive in like a way that it's you know impressive that Joey Chestnut can eat all those hot dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> These um, like, he these definitely Steven... should not be doing that, but it is impressive. No, these Steven Seagal movies are just tepid, lukewarm hot dogs with soggy buns <laughs> that we are just shoving <laughs> down our throats at rates inhuman and unsafe. <laughs> that is what this podcast essentially is: is just a year long Joey Chestnut hot dog eating competition. <laughs> And I also want to hurl just from doing this. Like I, I want to hurl from your description. <laughs> I, I open. 
I, I, I turn my Roku on and I'm just like, it's like when he's dipping his hot dogs in water. I'm just like, all right, let's go. And I'm just shoving it down the gullet. And I'm saying, let's just get this out of the way as fast and as hard as we can. Because the next one's coming. I love you, Joey Chestnut. You're my hero. So welcome to Steven C. at all. I'm Aaron. I'm Zach. I'm Hans. Uh, and this week, uh, I broke form. I pulled a Hans. And I watched another movie. Ooh. Did you? All right. So, uh, for context, uh, dear listener, we are recording this episode on the day that Mission Impossible Seven premieres. Uh, Have you seen Mission Impossible? Today that, the, yeah, today that movie released. Uh, the new Mission Impossible movie came out today. Yeah. Um, is that what you're telling also, us you quick, watched? I just point out that you said pulling a Hans is watching a non-Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> well, no. No, because it's worse than that. Because let me tell you what I did. <laughs> um, it's that in preparation for going and seeing the new Mission Impossible, which I haven't yet, oh. I have been re-watching the old Mission Impossible movies. Oh. All right. Which All right. completely, I it's fixing my barometer agent of a three-letter agency ethan hunt who his wife is kidnapped and so he is uh tasked by the kidnappers in retrieving a MacGuffin, a doomsday device or an element a component of a doomsday device in a certain amount of time in order to uh rescue his wife and so he has to travel over the world uh and retrieve this element this like uh, component of a doomsday device is called the rabbit's foot and he has to get it for philip seymour hoffman who just kills it in this movie shadow man is the story of uh, an agent of a three-letter agency whose daughter is kidnapped and then he is tasked by the kidnappers in retrieving a component of a doomsday device in a certain amount of time in order to rescue his daughter broad strokes same general conceit in each movie and the entire time I'm watching Mission Impossible 3, like every few minutes I'll go, Steven Seagal would never. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just like the, the end of Mission Impossible, like the end of Mission Impossible 3, it's that, like, uh, Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise, he has a bomb in his head. And spoilers for Mission Impossible 3, by the way. Uh, <laughs> And he, he has, like, a bomb implanted in his brain. Uh, and so he's, like, flailing around as it's, like, slowly starting to go off. And it's causing him incredible pain. Uh, and so he, like, electrocutes himself. And so he spends the last few minutes of the movie unconscious on the floor. And it's his wife who kills the big bad at the end. Uh, like, she gets the she gets to kill the, the main bad guy uh, at the end of the movie. I'm just thinking, Seagal would never ever 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 allow this to happen like every time ethan got punched in the face or like he got shot or blown out of a building or something i'm like this this is the anti seagal movie um <laughs> yeah i mean but, uh, which one is it? is it ghost yeah. protocol or rogue nation when he's having the fight like in the uh like the parking garage at the end but that because he is just that similarly he is just beat to shit by the end of that movie like this dude is barely <laughs> hanging on seagal seagal yeah. will never He's also they're Never. they're pretty similar in age, aren't they? How old is Seagal now? Oh, let's see. Seventies, not my thing. Um, he's Steven's, not in his seventies. Steven Seagal is age seventy-one. Oh my god, he is. 
Well, at 71 now, like, you don't know when he was in this movie. The movie yeah, watched, yeah, but, but no, Tom Cowell's Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, Thomas Mapover Cruise the fourth is 61. 61, exactly 10 years younger. Exactly. Okay, even still, though, Tom Cruise at 61 is doing more than like, was doing at 40. Yeah, he's doing. He's, it's Tom Cruise at sixty-one is doing more of his own stunts, more stunt work in general, just more action, more running in these movies I now doing than Seagal stunts, was in. When was this movie released? Two thousand and six. Two thousand six. Actually, same it's year Mission Impossible Three came out. There you go. This is from the same year yep. as this is June two thousand six. Mission Impossible Three was uh. May 2006. <laughs> they could have made Shadow Man in a month. Movie. Honestly, Dang. looking at this movie. Actually, yeah. They saw Mission Impossible 3 and they said, let's just do that and put it on DVD. <laughs> like some producer got an advanced screening of Mission Impossible 3 somehow. <laughs> we uh, have I'm to make a... On this conspiracy we theory. have to make a rival. But with Seagal. <laughs> and are you going to tell me that Philip Seymour Hoffman does a better job than... Michael Elwin as George. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let me go over the actual yeah. plot of Shadow. Well, Man you kind of already did twice by also telling us <laughs> the plot of Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible 3. 3, but worse in every conceivable way. Shadow Man, Stephen Shadow Man Seagal. Uh, well, I don't even know. Is he though? Jack Foster. Um, Jack Foster. They never say Shadow Man at any point. In this movie, exactly. Zach and I were talking about that it's before not like you Glimmer got on. Man, where, like, at some point, someone says the words "glimmer" and "man." No, it's no one ever says "shadow man." He d- is not a shadow. He is very visible all the time. In fact, and throughout most of the movie, he wears like a yellow suit with a deerskin <laughs> yes. jacket. He does. <laughs> but they don't even and say. There's not even a line in the movie about like you know working from the shadows or hiding in the shadows. They don't mention. No. I don't think the word "shadow." is in the script at all in any context no, it's like they avoided it i don't know <laughs> it's amazing actually <laughs> um, so steven seagal is former three-letter agency agent because of course he is and fortune 500 time. business owner this time around <laughs> yeah and fortune 500 <laughs> business owner so he plays like a crazy rich dude but you wouldn't um, know it <laughs> You wouldn't know it by the way he dresses or acts or the things that he owns or anything. Uh, or the anything way about him. He never talks him. about what his business is or does. Uh, he just like he's never shown with employees. He just had it in uh, his head like they pitched in this movie and he said, "Okay, I'll do it. Only if you write me in as a super rich owner of a Fortune 500 company." And they said, yeah, "Oh, like he okay. like he was reading the New York Times or something and it was the first time he encountered the term Fortune 500. He's like, I, that, "I'm doing that." <laughs> I want to be one of those. Uh, I think I, I think each of these movies he derails because he like learned a new vocabulary term and wanted to be associated with it in some way. Well, the funny thing, uh, just real quick to point out with this one, is we kind of make this assumption all the time that Seagal steers these movies because from what we've seen behind the scenes, like whatever movie is written, Seagal shows up on set and he says, "No, we're doing this movie." This is one yeah. of the movies where he actually does have a writing credit too. Like he. Did also yeah. like was one third of writing this movie, so it is yeah. even more likely than usual that he just straight up said, "And I'm a Fortune 500 company owner," and they had to be like, "Okay, sure, yeah, we'll sure put it in the rough draft and see if it makes it into the movie." You got it. 
Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so he is going to Eastern Europe somewhere with his daughter uh, to go spend time with uh, his daughter's grandfather. Now, I don't think it's ever really made clear whether that's his dad or his father-in-law. Father-in-law. I think it's his father-in-law. He um, talks yeah. in the very beginning. He talks about yeah. how he misses his daughter as much as Seagal misses his wife. Okay. Like they're yeah, the same okay. person. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so uh, his father-in-law is also a former CIA operative agent. He's just old now and retired. Um, so I assume Seagal was like he... a nepo baby hire, like in the CIA. <laughs> yeah, in law got him in, got him a job there. Uh, no doubt. Um, and then, like during this dinner conversation, uh, Grandpa plants the MacGuffin on Seagal in the form of very mid two thousands a PDA stylus. Um, it, it is a tiny microchip in the stylus of a pda it yeah a, a personal like a electronic personal assistance uh, assistant which phased out incredibly quickly with the oncoming of the smartphone it was invented and then immediately useless so there's like a very small window of time when you can even talk about them and uh 2006 is in there I want to imagine uh, an alternate cut of this movie where he accidentally, where he secretly snuck them guffing into his Nintendo DS stylus. Because <laughs> that would be just as relevant. No, it's like a PSP micro disc. Yes. <laughs> the, um, the, the micro stick, I believe, actually was called. Something yes. like that. Um, oh, actually, wait. The first iPhone came out in June of 2007. This was the oof. last year of that, P- that type <laughs> of, that of device's relevance. relevancy. <laughs> <laughs> it was an iphone a year later completely irrelevant in a year great um so they uh go to the airport like all at different times for some reason uh well it's because like he has to manage the company he has to stay yeah, behind he has to stay a, day. a day behind to manage the company uh and so his daughter and grandpa come to like pick him up at the airport but his daughter gets kidnapped by a taxi driver and his the uh, father-in-law presumably gets exploded by the CIA question slash Russian mafia slash this one rogue agent taxi driver. Like, like it's Mom. there are like five different factions yeah. in this movie and good luck keeping them straight. Yeah. So then he gets into a really lame <laughs> and overly long car chase, <laughs> chasing down the taxi driver, trying to get his daughter he oh he meets like he meets at the airport just randomly well he thinks randomly uh a former like partner of his like a cia partner like a guy that he knew from the cia is just at the airport suspicious and they end up teaming up for a little bit to try and find the taxi driver and they are teamed up for all of like five minutes until this guy betrays seagal because of course he does because it turns out the CIA, so the this MacGuffin is being chased by the CIA, the local police, the Russian mafia, this one random taxi driver lady, and Seagal. Except Seagal doesn't even know that he has it. He doesn't even know why anyone is coming after him, which could have been an, an interesting thing if Seagal were capable of playing any sort of like bewildered ignorance, but he can't do it. You really try to give um, these movies the most credit you can because this is at least like the third or fourth time you've said like this could be a really interesting idea. 
Like you I want know. these movies, you you hope in your heart they have a chance of being good. Yeah, and so like uh, somehow the whole world knows that Seagal has the MacGuffin, except for Seagal. He seems to be the only one who doesn't know that the MacGuffin even he doesn't even find out that it exists until like halfway through the movie. And he's just trying to get his daughter back. Uh, he eventually ends up finding the oh he kills a bunch of CIA agents with like MacGyvered shotguns and stuff. Um, that oh. In a I'm very sorry. silly Keep scene going. that I want to talk about later, yeah. we'll come back to it because I was really hoping that that would be like a thing. Like his specialty is like making improvised weapons and stuff like Mission Impossible 3 by way of Home Alone. And that just doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, he kills a bunch of people because, of course, he does. He finds a taxi driver and sleeps with her because, of course, he does. Uh, and gets her on his side because she just, like, decides to fall in love with him. Um, And she has his daughter in a safe house that she just, like, doesn't tell him about for days, even though she's already decided to help him. You're talking about the woman. She's, like, a former British spy that needs his help to get back to America or something. Yeah, she's, like, MI6, but she was, like, about to be liquidated by the UK government. Yeah, that's what... Okay. And so she decided to get out, and so she, like, ran away to Eastern Europe, and she's trying to get a visa to the United States. And so she's holding Seagal's daughter ransom until he can use his resources to get her a passport and a visa to the United States. So she can be a U.S. citizen. But she doesn't even tell him that. Like, she doesn't she tell does him She does not tell him that until, like, way into the movie. Ugh. No, this is after he captures her and is literally, like, choking her to death. And then these other dudes show up and start choking her to death. So then, like, he saves her and they're on the team now and they're, like, working together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, even though literally, like, ten minutes beforehand, he was... Yeah, that, and that's not an exaggeration. Her. He was, absolutely... It is within seconds yeah. that, like, okay, we're on a team now. But then, like you said, she does not tell him that he that she has his daughter for like another no two days. No. And she she's not mad about it either. No, she's, she's fine with, with him it. almost killing her with his bare hands like ten seconds earlier. No, like the next day, he's like sitting on a bed, sitting still and fully clothed, like jacket on, shoes on, sitting on the bed. She just walks by, takes off her shirt, says, "I am sad," and hugs him. Um, <laughs> oh, and he says, "Like, oh, come here, babe." It's so creepy. I hate it. <laughs> it's yeah, so no, it's awful. The worst. It's the worst. And then, so, he somehow discovers, and it's not really explained, that the microchip dipped in specific chemical resin, that if you don't have the chemical uh, compound that properly dissolves the resin, you'll end up destroying the microchip, which contains... Okay, this is where things get super dumb. Yes. The microchip contains, (laughs) like, plans... For like a super virus developed by the United States government in the MK Ultra program, which that is not <laughs> what MK Ultra. Half is. of my notes are about this. <laughs> that just isn't what MK Ultra is. Like it was not a program to develop a super virus. It was even dumber than that. It was to develop superpowers by giving people lsd like it, well, does it wasn't not, it does the not Ultra program was terminated long before this movie came that's out. what okay. they want you oh to think but like that so like aaron says it does not matter if you just officially go off of what has been like declassified and like stated by the u.s government it does not yeah. matter if you go off the wildest conspiracy theories about this thing nobody it's thinks still wrong nobody thinks that it's a pneumonia like virus that kills you after and that kills you after six months no and 
I think it gets me because earlier in the movie, it's not like they just like reveal it. Oh, this MK Ultra. Like early on, one of the characters says, "Like you know what MK Ultra is, right?" And he's like, "Of course." And then it's they, <laughs> what they describe is not MK Ultra. <laughs> like, of course, um, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so apparently, Grandpa used to work when he was in the CIA. He worked for the MK Ultra program, and so he had the plans which he smuggled away it's not really explained why until the very end of the movie oh i skipped a thing at the beginning of the movie which i thought was going to be relevant and i thought was not going to be relevant and then the last 30 seconds it became relevant yes he's doing like aikido demonstrations at the beginning of the movie uh in which he like explodes a watermelon with his chi yes (laughs) um i have in my notes back to his roots i'm like he has to watermelon explode a guy. Like he has to do this. <laughs> and then he doesn't do it for the, like the whole movie. And like you get to the end of like the ending shootout. And I'm like, he has water. Like, he has a chi explosion abilities. And he's just using all these dumb guns. And like, even when he does get into a fist fight with like the head Russian lobster guy, he just like pokes his eyes out. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so dumb. This and then, movie is uh, so stupid. So he, we do like the final shootout. He res- he's rescued his daughter. Uh, he has like destroyed the plans and whatever. Uh, and he's like walking out of the, the library where the final shootout was. And then Grandpa just comes around the corner because he was alive the whole time. He staged his own death. Um, Which, for why? No reason. And then what? just asked for the plans back, the plans which he had. He does kind he just, of explain it, kind of, but it doesn't make any sense. Well, it's like he, he was like, I didn't want to carry the plans across the border myself, and so I gave them to you as like an unwitting mule, except there was like no reason to do that. I well, he, he said that he knew Seagal would stir up trouble. He, he knew that there were people after him because they knew he yeah. had the plans. So he knew that if he gave them to Seagal without Seagal knowing, Se- uh-huh. everyone would come after Seagal and then Seagal would cause trouble. And that yes. would make his life easier. I except it didn't. He had to fake his own death, I, and then he got watermelon it punch. Just, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't matter at all. And then yeah, uh, watermelon, watermelon explosion punch. He uses against his own father-in-law. <laughs> like he just punches his grandpa, like his daughter's grandfather, so hard that he flies against a wall and like his chest cavity explodes out the back, like. The problem is when you're describing it, it almost sounds cool. It almost sounds like a funny movie. (laughs) Except it's not. It's not. In the lamest way possible. There's like a tiny blood splatter on the wall behind him. Like you don't. Even when he like exploded the watermelon, it was lame because the cutout on the back of the watermelon was like almost perfectly rectangular. Okay, but also because when he hits the water, this bothered me at the beginning, he hits the watermelon and it's like showing that he can just explode it out the back. But I don't even think the dude yeah. holding it like had any watermelon on him. So it's no, like, he didn't. He didn't like explode he didn't. onto him. No, Seagal just, just the whole, taps he, the watermelon rem- and he turns he rem- it around and shows a pre-cut hole in it. That's yeah, <laughs> there's not like no rind falls off the back of it. The, the guy doesn't no. have any like juice on his on his shirt or anything. <laughs> well, they wanted to be able to do multiple. And takes. dear listener, it might sound dumb <laughs> to complain that the guy didn't have juice on his shirt, but like we've talked about this before, where like we're describing one of these movies, and I'm like, it's oh just no, basic while continuity. I'm, oh no, while I'm describing this, this might sound cool. This might sound funny. In this movie, he like shoots at a helicopter with a handgun until it just like explodes. <laughs> oh my god! And gosh. then he watermelon. <laughs> 
punches a dude's uh, organs so hard they die. And you might think, oh, this kind of sounds fun. This could be... No, it's not. It's really boring no, it and badly not. made. It's not so as then, fun as what we're describing. So then after he watermelon punches grandpa, it's ju- it just like cuts to him and his daughter having I'm a dying. picnic. And uh, they're like having a picnic. And he's like, I got you something. Turn around. And there's like a pony it's standing a horse. directly like a behind her. Why did he with get some horse? lady and there's... <laughs> in like a see-through shirt just like guiding the pony and no was... one says anything to her she says nothing she, she says before. it's beautiful this girl never said she wanted a horse that came out of nowhere <laughs> and then it ends on a freeze frame of Seagal smiling oh that's so creepy yes. <laughs> no, I, like... just, I want the scene where he has to explain to his daughter that he watermelon punched grandpa <laughs> oh yeah you know your grandpa I exploded his chest cavity <laughs> no the like well, you turnaround... thought he died in a car bomb actually I punched him to death <laughs> no the turnarounds reveal that the gift is the horse is like the weirdest like last minute cam- like ending of the movie where cameo did this horse and... come from since like the sick ki- the going out of business sick kids hospital in today <laughs> Well, like, yeah, I'm just thinking, this horse here? the horse is standing, like, a foot <laughs> behind her. There's no way she didn't you might know. Horses, about horses. horses aren't exactly quiet. very noticeable. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, there's a... This movie's really dumb, is what I'm saying. Oh, it sucked. There's, it sucked so much. There's one small plot element that um, you didn't cover in there. So early on in the movie, uh, Seagal calls his hacker friend, who says, like, hey, if you want, I can just get rid of all your taxes for you. And Seagal's like, no, I'm good. And this guy's like, oh, you don't appreciate genius. And they show that he's hacking into IRS.com, which is, it is a, so good. I have a screenshot of that. So IRS.com, access granted. So then later on, Seagal calls him, and he's like, I need you. Uh, Rogers, can you hack me into MK Ultra to shut it down for good? And so then, yeah. during the last, like, 20 minutes of this movie, this guy is just getting access denied, access denied, access denied, until, like, access granted. He hacks into MK Ultra, and MK Ultra is just yeah. a glass-walled room of, like, seven <laughs> scientists, and as soon as this dude hacks into it, it just gasses them to death. <laughs> that is how he hacks into MK Ultra to shut it down. Wish.com Benji just hacks into mk ultra well, that's really because just mission impossible 3 worse. also has a scientist guy uh like a scientist hacker guy who's in a different site that isn't isn't actually physically at the mission but that the lead character just calls every now and again when he needs a hacker guy does he hack an mk ultra to shut it down for good though uh no benji does useful things that are possible <laughs> Like providing navigation to Ethan Hunt. Oh, that makes sense. Um, He's not brought up in like one throwaway scene for like a half a minute at the start of the movie, so then he can come back and no. quote unquote shut down MK Ultra for good. No. <laughs> Which I will. Okay, this needs pointing out. Does this movie know when it came out? <laughs> what do you mean? I mean that like we we talked about this earlier. Like MK Ultra was shut down in the 70s when they had like senate hearings about it it was like revealed to the public in like 75 and like the documents were shredded i'm sorry where well, that's what they want you to believe i'm sorry get woke um but <laughs> it was fully declassified in like 2001 we've known about what this thing is for years and this movie in 2006 is like oh do you know about mk ultra yeah they're doing lab rat experiments to make an influenza bioweapon 
And that's not what MKUltra is. I definitely thought they were just... I thought they were giving the mice acid. Like, I, because that's I actually know. what MKUltra did. Right, that would make more sense. And then that they were freaking out and having, like, some kind of, like, weird high. Like, that would actually make sense. But, like, this movie came out... Does it know it came out in 2006? Because then later on... Um, the guy says, oh, there's this, the new, the FSB, the new branch of the KGB. Um, the FSB was formed in 95. What? This movie came out in 2006. <laughs> if your secret three-letter Wait. Russian organization is going to be hitting puberty within the next couple years, it is not, like, the brand new branch of the KGB. The well, KGB yeah, when you hear KGB, when you hear KGB, you don't plus. think, oh, yeah, we're in the mid-2000s. <laughs> oh, Yeah. This thing that came out in the mid '90s is a brand new agency. Like, was this? When does this movie think it came out? Because it came out in 2006. Doesn't feel like it, except for the, oh. except for the PDA, which very much feels like it came out in 2006. Talking of timing, so there's one character in here who is kind of important that I totally skipped. Yes. So the ambassador to. Oh Eastern my Canada. yes. Is played yes. by Imelda Staunton, yes. mm-hmm. who our listeners might know best as Dolores Umbridge from the Harry Potter movies. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Queen Elizabeth II from The Queen. Yes. The TV show The Queen, or the, I guess, like Netflix series The Queen. Um, she, I was, this, she did this movie after winning a BAFTA and being nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> She's got a pretty killer American accent, though. Yeah, so there, the acting in this film ranges from literally Oscar-worthy <laughs> to community theater. Also, I, in like the same room, they'll be acting against each other. You pointed out she did this like after winning her like Oscar and BAFTA and everything. Also, her role in Harry Potter's yeah. Dolores Umbridge was literally a year after this. So like, for <laughs> she did this and then was like walking on the set for Harry Potter like within the next couple months. Yeah. I do appreciate, I, I looked this up before we started recording, that um, this is a year after her Academy Award-nominated performance in Vera Drake. She appears in the film as the ambassador. She explained that she filmed for two days, um, but Seagal did not film any reverses with her, resulting in her filming just all of her scenes with Seagal Standen and a Romanian film student who would read Seagal's dialogue off camera. Wait, really? <laughs> so she says she literally just took this role... For the money and for the chance to play a non-British character, to play like an American character, those are like the two reasons she said for taking it, and that she didn't actually interact with Seagal while filming it. But okay. she had a really good American accent. She had a pretty wait, good American. Wait, wait. I mean, she's literally the, like the a very nominated like actress. At the very end, doesn't she hand him a passport for the yeah for the chick? I call foul. She, mm, unless that. Mm. Hang on, I I gotta see if that was like cut together very creatively. See the two Hang of them on, in the same frame. Okay, yeah. We're what was this garbage movie you, called again? Imelda Staunton. Shadow Man. Shadow Man. Did you forget the name of the movie? A little bit, yeah. A little bit. How do you a little bit forget the name of a movie? <laughs> okay, it's at uh, an hour and 30 almost exactly. He knocks on the door. Close up on his face. Nope, there she is. They're very much in the same scene mm, together. Okay. Yeah. All right, BBC's Mark Lawson. Did you push back on her enough in this interview? Did you get the truth? I'm trying to see if this is cut together somehow, but she literally hands him a passport. They couldn't have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's it. So maybe it, it could be that like the vast majority of her scenes were okay because they didn't interact except for that. Well, no, there was that scene, and then they talked to each other once, but I don't think 
I think it was cut They're back and forth. They're sitting at a desk, and I think it's all so shot I reverse. So I think shot. that would yeah. be the scene she's talking about. Yeah. Because it is very much like shot reverse. Like, you don't see the two of them in the same frame. Okay. I didn't understand her character, though. Dude, I not she's, a character, buddy. So she's the ambassador. She's the yeah, U.S. She's ambassador in Romania. Yeah. Yeah, and she's, like, managing her squad of goons who are after this. do not have squads of goons. But... Yeah. Who, they're, and they're after this device, and she's telling them you have to report back to me, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll report back to you. And then they cause all kinds of mayhem and blow up cars and and do all this other, kill a whole bunch of people, and then report back to her and don't tell her any of this. And then when she finds out, she gets mad and says, don't you do that again. And then they go and do that again. And then she tells Seagal, well, you don't have to worry about any of my people harassing you. Like, you should be fine. Yeah, she says, And immediately after that, they try to kill him. So he kills them. And then he goes back to her again to get the passport for the woman to go back to the U.S., the British agent. And um, they don't say anything about that. I don't I don't I don't get it. No, she it didn't make uh, any it sense. It doesn't make sense. Because she, for the first, like, two-thirds, is, like, this tough, like, hard as nails. Like, I need results. I need you to track this guy down. Like, if you find anything about him, I need to learn about it in half a heartbeat. And then later on, she's like, hey, what's up, Seagal? We cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. None, of, none of my agents will harass you anymore. And then, and then, the, then the next scene, they kill him. They try to kill him. Her character does not make any sense. No, she's not meant to make sense. No. She's meant to appear. No, U.S. ambassador running a, a squad of hired goons that also work at the embassy and you know no, nothing happens there no worries yeah american ambassadors are surprisingly like low on the organizational totem pole they can't order the cia to do stuff <laughs> and then you have the the romanian police oh my yeah who are is romanian kind right? of their own faction yes. kind of working for the romanian. russian mob it's yeah did you know that all taxi drivers in romania are actually working for the police all of them. All of them. Every single one. Did you, and everybody knows everybody's name, too. All the taxi drivers. Did you know yeah. that not only do all the, does every single taxi driver know every other taxi driver and all the taxi drivers work directly for the police, but that after Seagal has told this information, he will still take a taxi and like tell the taxi driver exactly what he's doing and have the taxi <laughs> drive him to a place where he shoots a bunch of, bunch of people and then drive him to the club where he's looking for this British woman who's also a taxi okay. driver. Okay, now hold on. Hold on. Because Question. they're... We just Why hit. Why did you do that? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Sorry, I just hit my <laughs> microphone. Yes. Exactly. That scene. That scene that you just brought up. He gets. He's on his way to go uh, find out some information about his daughter or whatever. So he gets in a cab. Tells the cab driver, "I need to go somewhere where I can buy drugs." Goes to the place where or he can and, buy drugs. And or women. He and or women. Yeah. Goes there. Gets in a huge fight with the people that are selling drugs. <laughs> walks into the back room. Steals a bunch of stacks of hundreds off of a desk where this old lady is counting money, shoots her, and then just leaves. And then it's like, and then he goes to the next place. He he gets he goes back to the cab. The driver goes, "Were those gunshots?" And he says, "No, people are just partying in there. It's loud music." So drive, huh? And it's like, why? Why did this happen? Why was now, this a part I of the movie? He just, he literally just went on a rampage. He I went on an archer rampage, just killed people for no reason. I think the the thing that makes the most sense to me, this is not stated in the film, but just trying to make some sense of it, is that he's trying to do either one of two things. Either he needs money, which he doesn't really need in the movie. It's not really... Well, he's the CEO he's of a Fortune 500 the... company. Yeah, he has yeah, money. He's super rich. But he's he got horse money. money. No one knows about. <laughs> 
And so he knows that he can just like steal from a gang uh, and no one will care. Like it's kind of ghoulish that he thinks he could just go into a place. And if I kill these people, it won't matter. These people do not matter. I can just kill them and it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Or he needs to distract the police and keep them busy because they're one of the factions that's after the MacGuffin. I genuinely, I, you're trying to script doctor it again. You're trying to like give it like a reason. Like, no, the I'm not trying to script doctor. I'm just trying to figure out what the reason was. The reason was so then we could have Zach's favorite character in this movie, which is the old lady counting money, because she's just sitting there counting money. He walks up, just starts. Gra- I'm not. I'm not kidding. He just walks up, starts yeah. just grabbing stacks of hundreds off her desk. She doesn't react at all. Then as he's walking out the door, she gets up and just tries to like shoot him with an Uzi or something. And then he turns around and shoots <laughs> like her like once in the head. Gun. She's like my favorite yeah. character in this movie. And she he says something to her too, doesn't he? He says like, how's it going? Or how's, how's your he's life? Like, oh, or something yeah. dumb like that. <laughs> as he's just like stacking up stacks of hundreds and putting them in his jacket. Turns around, walks away. And then that's when she decides to get the gun out of the drawer and just spray it back and forth. I, yeah. I, I, there was no discernible reason for him doing this. They're like, the reason they have him take the taxi in general is because then the taxi driver works for the police so he can report his whereabouts. So the police can like follow him, even despite the fact that Skull's character knows every single taxi driver works for the police and will know exactly where he is and what he's doing, and that this person will report back to the police, which is exactly what happens. They told him this point blank. This was his first interaction it's- with the police. They told him every taxi driver works for us. <laughs> And he still uses the taxi driver to find this woman he's looking for. And, then and it, it wasn't that wasn't like a ploy or anything. Later no. in the movie, they do something similar. Like they tip off somebody on purpose so that they'll play into their plan. That wasn't what he was doing here. No. He just takes the taxi. And then he just stays at the same place where he found her to interrogate her. So then that's when the people burst in. And then all of a sudden she's friends with him now. No, none of this After makes he sense. Chokes none her of out. this was planned. Yeah. No, it's all... It's just bad. It's just all bad. It's... it. The more... Like... <sighs> I don't I don't know how to put it because this one wasn't it's just it was like so incompetently put together. I don't know how else to put it. They're like More someone they were they were only thinking one scene at a time. They weren't thinking how the scenes yeah. were were would collectively no, make a movie. feels like that. Yeah, they just, they, well, we're focusing on this one, we're shooting this one, move on to the next one, forget the last one. Who cares about the last one? It's done. It's off the checklist. And then like, some poor like, editor had to squish these all together. It feels like each of the three writers went and, okay, everyone take four scenes, <laughs> go write four scenes, and we'll come back and it's, stick them together somehow. It's like a, a group project in high oh, school. Yeah. Everybody take four pieces, we'll, we'll, you, you do know, slides, don't talk do to each slides. other. Yeah, and then, then none of them have a consistent format, no theme. Well, and, <laughs> this one's and just each blank. of them wanted to do an action <laughs> yeah. scene. So there are like eight action scenes in this movie, and all of them are bad. Like the car chase goes oh, on for like so, ten so, minutes, so okay. long. And the highest speed anyone reaches is like thirty-five miles an hour. And then the helicopter chase. <laughs> oh God! See, that's the so that's the thing. R- real quick, before we get that to that, a good, well done car chase, like some of the ones in the Mission Impossible series, for instance. Yeah. When they are done well, it can go on for that long and it can still be interesting. This one was was not. 
because it was all Four cars cl- driving at moderate speed. Yeah, it was all that you didn't see anyone except a close up shot of Seagal squinting and like an uncomfortably close up shot of his face. I'm pretty sure they got it that close up so that they didn't have to uh, have a, a rear projection screen oh, or well, some of them something still did behind have rear projection screens like taxi driver lady. Yeah, that's true. She had a rear projection screen behind her. But his, I don't know why they always, and this this is consistent. We've seen this in a lot of movies. They always, always, always get really close up to his face in these car chases, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because he's, like, turning the steering wheel in the opposite direction than he's supposed to or something. I don't know. I don't know. But it's uncomfortably close. And then, yes, exactly what you said. It's, like, car chase, out when you're, when you're not looking at his greasy face, it's a car chase, but they're going really slowly and well, not doing it. They're just chasing each other. There's no... And it's just a car chase. Like, yeah, there's, there's no not, action so in there. in a good car chase, like if we watch like uh, any of the John Wick car chases or like any of the Mission Impossible John, like car chases, every vehicle is a trying to accomplish something. So like just the language of a, of a car chase is it's basically a fight scene. And what you're trying to do is create advantages over the other car. So every right, car... There's choreography there just with vehicles. So it's not just, I'm going to drive away. It is because you're both in cars and you can catch up. Like, that's how cars work. And so you (laughs) need to do something to create an advantage for yourself. So, like, in the Bourne movies, he'll, like, drive a car down a staircase or, like, like up weird ramps or something to try and make it difficult for other cars to follow him, like larger cop cars or something. Uh, Like, he'll get into a, a, I think there's, like, in the first born movie he gets into like this tiny european car and he drives it like up and down these outdoor staircases and stuff and so the cops can't follow him in their larger vehicles stuff like that this is just three cars and a motorcycle the three cars are all the same size they all have the same like top speed all have the 35. same capabilities mm-hmm. and they're just like driving through city traffic and it's Boring. Boring. Remember Mission it's Impossible long, Fallout? Very they, long and boring. Remember Mission Impossible Fallout when they drive their truck down the alley specifically so it gets stuck so they can just kick out the windshield and like have the path blocked yeah. on the <laughs> so cool. Not so good. Um the one thing yeah, I do appreciate bad. though is that even before the car chase, um Seagal and his buddy just kind of not even briskly, just like kind of like a moderate, slight, less than a speed walk, but like a bit more than a than just a regular walk, like waddle their way to the car, and the camera <laughs> is shaking so As much though they're running. to cover the fact <laughs> that they're moving like three and a half miles an hour. Like it extends outside of the car chases. Getting into the car has just a ton of unnecessary shake in order yeah. to try to fi- hide the fact that this man is not running. Because then when we see him in the rest of the movie and they don't have the camera super shaky, he has his arms locked at his side and kind of vaguely, if we count this as a run, Seagal is still running in his movies. (laughs) We're at, you know, reset the counter to zero. But this run is like when you're kind of running late and have to cross the street because the walk sign is like approaching zero, but like you're (laughs) carrying stuff so you can't actually run and you just kind of want to (laughs) like... Act like you're showing some initiative of running, <laughs> so you or don't like get you're hawked just apologizing at. Apologizing right. to the cars, like, yeah. Right, like he's you're not actually walking like moving faster. three miles an hour instead of two and a half. That is, you've, his you've given them the thank you wave, yeah. and you're just trying to get out of their way. Yeah, but less so that, that because you're not even like you're refusing to move your arms from like beside your waist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's he's back. If he's not in the 
the yellow suit with the deerskin jacket, he's back to his cowboy oh. boots and leather trench coat. Can we just talk about well, shout you know out? when the leather trench coat comes in, he's going to get a stunt double in this scene. <laughs> Can we just talk about shout out to the time when he like his old buddy meets up with him and Seagal doesn't kill him, but he's like, you got to find my daughter within two hours or I'm going to kill you. And this dude's walking around and he like looks over and you see Seagal kind of like half hidden behind a pillar <laughs> and he's wearing the because he's wearing the yellow jacket in that one and he's like standing in the shadows but behind this pillar but he is like the, the easiest <laughs> to see person in this entire city the shadow man yeah <laughs> it was it's, embarrassing it's just awful so you, you I, were, think, I think my my word for this movie is embarrassing it's very yeah, embarrassing that's a very good way to put it you were we were talking about the first car chase zach I know you want to talk about the helicopter car chase. Let's get to that one because that one, oh boy! I just so they're in the car, the helicopter's chasing after them, and then they're at one point. Is it before they're in the car? They're like outside because it just at one point they like walk outside of a building. They're walking out of their safe house after after they spent the night together. And the helicopter, uh, Seagal and the the British agent. Yeah, yeah, they're they're walking out of the safe house. Helicopter flies over, and it's not. It's it's a guy sitting in the the open side of the helicopter with um. I don't know, it looked like an MP5 or yeah, something. Like an MP5 some or an some AK kind of or submachine like some gun, some kind of like handheld thing. But it is just blasting right, something that's as not exactly long gun. range. Yeah, the sound yeah, effect so it's, it's is like a, a helicopter a, minigun. It's just like an SMG or a, a rifle, nothing like crazy. But yes, the sound effect is a minigun, and it starts like absolutely destroying the concrete <laughs> steps that they're walking down. And they right, they turn around, race back up the steps, go back inside. Don't get hit at all. Don't get hit at all. And then they like sneak no. out a side door or something, go back outside to get to their taxi cab. They start to drive off. The guy starts shooting at the cab again, and it's like, you know, in the helicopter, infinite bullets, nobody has to reload. They lose them in the trees, which, yeah, I guess. And then (laughs) driving in a straight line. Yeah, driving in a straight line down a road in in, in like a a wooded area. Yeah. Uh, they lose them in the trees, but because the helicopter can't see them, of course, the Gaul can still see the helicopter, gets out his handgun and shoots like five times at this helicopter. And then you get the audio cues from the pilot. We're going down. We're going down. You get the audio cues from the pilot. He's shooting us. We're going down. (laughs) We're going down. (laughs) The most bored sounding pilot on the planet. And then the helicopter explodes and it is... And you might think, so, you might think maybe, you know, he shoots it and he kind of hits the rotor just right. So it spins out and crashes into the ground. No, no he just nope. hits no, the broad side of this helicopter until it spontaneously just does the most PlayStation 2 CGI explosion you've ever seen. But like three different ones. Yeah, it explodes, on then explodes, yeah. and then there's a and, big explosion. So this, <laughs> this is the reason I wanted to talk about this, because if you go back and you look at the explosion at the airport, when he lands, his daughter and uh, That's a practical explosion. father-in-law, yeah, they, they meet him at the airport, and then the father-in-law's car blows up, and he supposedly dies. That explosion was actually very... I, it, I think you're right. It looked like a practical explosion. Yeah. It looked real. The shockwave from it, you could see, and then the glass blows out of the building. It was actually... like I have it in my notes. It was actually really well done. The well, some of the small flaw with it, but some of the after effects have they 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 show the the shockwave come out from the car, the explosion happens, shockwave, mm-hmm. glass shatters, and then like a full two seconds after that, they show a car 
sitting flat on the ground just upend itself on its wheels and roll over. Yeah. I yeah. It, so that weird. That was weird, especially. So you can see the air ram that flipped the car. Yeah. Like there's like a piston underneath it yep. that you can see go off. It's very weird. It just it didn't like they had up to that point and the explosion looked fine. Yeah, they had a really good thing going. It looked just like a regular real action movie explosion. Looked pretty decent. I was genuinely surprised because for some reason they kind of nailed it here. And then the car flipped over, air piston visible on frame was just kind of, you know, took you right back out of that immersion. And then you have the helicopter explosion. (laughs) Yeah. And then you have the helicopter explosion, which is just the complete opposite. Just the just like they they gave that one to a different studio. They they had different people on set that day. It was the, it, it's exactly what you said. It's like they they gave these scenes out to four different people and told them just you know finish the movie in your your own way, it, and you have to stitch them back feels... together because it was just so bad. Well, it almost feels like they didn't just like split up the script that way. Like they split up the whole movie that way. Like there were like three different production teams working on this movie, and then they just like handed a pile of scenes to the editor and said, "Okay, make put it a together." Movie. Yeah, because like there are some like the two explosions in this. There are only two explosions in this action movie. Very boring. Um, but like the first one is practical effects, not perfect, but for a Seagal movie, pretty good. Like the the weird air ram thing. If they had just moved the camera, like. 15 feet to the right would have been fine like just on the they circle. didn't even need to do it just, the car like the car flipped over i think someone had an air ram and ten, like, we need to use this maybe paid for it it just didn't make sense like okay, but <laughs> they had see, a shockwave that blew out windows but it wasn't enough to flip a car and then two seconds after that happens then a car flips but you try explaining uh, this poor why guy. he carried the air ram here the whole way like you're gonna tell him he's not allowed to use it <laughs> yeah, like, come on. ted put so much work into getting this thing here <laughs> Come on. Come on. Anyway, I'm sorry. Car two seconds after the explosion. Let him flip a car. Let him flip the car after the explosion <laughs> happened. Uh, so, like, there was, like, that was one of the production companies worked on that. And the other one's, like, we have to blow up a helicopter. We did not think this through. That is crazy expensive. <laughs> we can't afford to wreck a helicopter. Um, well, because just imagine we can't afford Seagal handing them effects. the script where he's like, and then I shoot it yeah, with a handgun until wrote. it explodes. <laughs> And they're like, well, I can almost guarantee Seagal wrote that part because it was in a, he, the same scene was in a previous movie. They're like, when he saved the vice president of the United States. They're like, you're going to shoot the <laughs> pilot true. and the pilot's going to crash. He's like, no, I shoot the helicopter. And they're like, you're going to shoot it to like disable it and it crashes. He's like, no, it's going to explode midair. You try to make that look good. I've done it before. <laughs> I've done it This before. isn't even the first movie where he shoots a helicopter and it explodes midair. <laughs> With a handgun. Except in this one, at the very least... in that one, that was a practical explosion! In this one, at the very least, it played, like, handgun sound effects with him, like, in time with him shooting. The last one, it was him shooting a 1911 over, like, with uh, SMG sounds overlaid on top. Yeah. It was rough. But my man wanted Um, it. Rough. No one deserved to be in this movie, least of all Melda Staunton. I would no. say not even like the community theater actors they found to be in this thing deserved. Just like the poor, like, you know, Romanian offshoot of Hollywood. Like, oh, we have a big American movie coming in, like, you know, a production coming into town. None of you deserve <laughs> this. this. Be your big break. The this Steven Seagal guy, he's pretty big. That might be good for everybody. Little yeah, did they know. star. Hey, mentioned in the same breath as Jean-Claude Van Damme. Hey, do you want to know, <laughs> do you want to know something funny about this movie? What? 
go for allegedly it. the original story very early in production was Seagal working as an intelligence officer it's a period piece set in Japan after World War II where he runs a medical clinic no it's not freaking, no. <laughs> no that's garbage <laughs> um no but then the guy who was writing that original script left and then they had this guy who also wrote submerged into the sun and today you die get back in on mm. the scripts okay okay yeah and that you tracks. see where this yeah. movie comes from imagine seagal doing a period piece as a, a an intelligence officer in a japanese medical clinic after world war ii just imagine how bad that could imagine be, him doing a period piece full stop well, he is doing a period like, piece. This is a movie from 2006 that thinks it's like in the like late 80s. <laughs> okay, but I mean, imagine Why did the safe house have like... this like old-timey 1940s gramophone in it? What year was this movie <laughs> set? <laughs> gramophone, which he uses as like a MacGyver trigger, which it requires that one of the bad yes. guys walk over to the gramophone <laughs> and take the needle off the record. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that scene. The MacGyver scene? Which the, yeah. Was written by one of these writers. Yeah. Because that, his skills at MacGyvering things do not continue through the rest of the movie. No. Never comes up again. He makes a shotgun out of, like, some gas pipes. Yeah, then he just rips out of the wall with his bare hands. No big deal. Okay, that he looks yeah. bored. Like, he realizes he's locked in and people are coming to kill him. This is the most bored I've seen a man rummage through to, like, get stuff to assemble into weapons. <laughs> Yeah. He makes he uses like parts from a gas stove not to use like the gas as a propellant to shoot something at a guy, but to shoot the little like Coleman propane tank itself into a guy, which stabs a dude. <laughs> yeah, like he affixes a Oh, so okay, so he makes like three contraptions yes. here. The first is the record. Okay, player, contraption is which... one of those contraptions is two knives taped together. Well but wait, no, I want to, that's my favorite. <laughs> So the first one, which is actually a contraption, he like rigs up a cannon, yes. uh, like a gas-powered cannon, which is attached to, a to the record player. Which, when the bad guy knocks the record off, <laughs> knocks the needle off the record, will shoot a gas tank into his chest. Yeah, that is a contraption. The second is just like some pipes that he took out of the gas stove, and that are the exact same size as the shotgun shells that he happened to have. It's like a slam fire. Uh, he found them. They just left shotgun shells in this room that they kept him prisoner in for a short period of time. So you just stick a shotgun shell in the pipe, screw the end cap on the back, and then hit it, and it'll go off. Like, he puts some sort of firing pin in there. I guess they don't actually show that. Uh, But he just hits it, and it goes off like a a shotgun that you can't really aim that well. But that works. Um, And then the third device he he makes is he takes two (laughs) knives, like two kitchen knives, and he breaks the handles off. No, 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 he doesn't break the handle off. He he, he takes the, he takes the knife, he puts it blade down, blade down, he taps the wooden handle, and the, uh... Oh, what's the it called? The blade pops out, like the tang. Pops the tang, out yeah, the tang just well, like pops these, out of the know, wood, as if there are no rivets, no screws, nothing holding it in there. He just like taps it off, off like cut cone knives, <laughs> and it just pops right out. And he tapes them so together. Then he takes these two blades and tapes the tangs together, so you have the two blades facing in different directions, so that he can use that as a knife. MacGyver. He took two knives and MacGyvered it into one knife that is more dangerous to use and less effective. His best contraption so far. 
Like he uses it as a throwing knife. So I guess when it tumbles through the air, it doesn't matter which side hits and it would, but you've just reduced the mass of this throwing knife by like 80%. And you can't, how are you supposed to like stamp steel, like (laughs) steak knives? So they weigh basically nothing. But he can still just like totally like Naruto whip it into a guy's neck from like across a room. Yeah. After like shotgun blasting this dude and gas tank impaling the other one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Again, when we talk about this, it kind of make the, makes the movie sound funny. This was really boring to sit through. It was, it and was it was terrible. Because then there'll and be like thir- stretches of like 30 minutes where nothing happens and it's boring as poop. This this sort of MacGyver scene in any other movie with any other actor who showed any kind of emotion or or any reason to have this skill or having this skill continue throughout the rest of the movie, this could have been interesting. It could have been cool, but it just wasn't. It was just bad. So in Mission Impossible 3, <laughs> Ethan Hunt, MacGyver's a defibrillator together so that he can electrocute himself That's to right. short-circuit the bomb and plant it in his That's brain. Right. <laughs> Dang. In uh, in uh, Shadow Man, Steven Seagal, Steven Shadow Man Seagal, MacGyver's <laughs> two knives together into one knife. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of intelligence we're dealing with here. This movie sucked. <laughs> Although I do really like that from now on. We could just say Steven Shadow Man Seagal. Like I... Shadow Man Seagal. <laughs> It kind of uh, describes him pretty well. Uh, so, who in the cast deserved better? Everyone. All of them. Everybody. Everybody just well, did better. better. Uh, Imelda Staunton was already doing better before this, Bef- like we before said, and immediately after. Academy <laughs> Award nominee. Before and after. Oh, thank goodness! Taxi Driver Lady, played by Eva Pope. Uh, no Seagal movies appear in her top four credits. Nice. On IMDb. Although, interestingly enough, she was in another film. Uh, the other film she was in from 2006, Splinter, um, stars Tom Sizemore. So, uh, oh, wow. that's the guy who played a Steven Seagal character in Ticker. She's done a ton of TV. Like, she She's has multiple TV. TV shows where she has, like, double-digit yeah. episode credits. Like, 143 episodes of the uh, TV British TV series from the 90s. 64 episodes of a late 90s TV 52 show. episodes of Waterloo Road. Yeah, it's a lot of like UK television, so. Yeah, and she's done like a. And she's still into stuff. She's still yeah. making stuff. Yeah. From two, uh, 2023. Good for you, Eva. Right. Yeah, she, no, she did a great job in the movie. She deserved a lot better. Yeah, no, she was one of the Wait. best characters. Oh my gosh. Garrick Hagon as Agent Waters. He was, I believe, the. Uh, that, that um the ambassador was like you better get me results yes, he looked really yeah. familiar to me he was biggs in star wars a new hope he's big Biggs dark lighter i did not realize biggs oh he was also was in big mission dark impossible lighter. as a cnn reporter interesting <laughs> the original mission impossible no like i don't know who was working at some sort of talent agency in england but they need to be fired <laughs> or just given a gigantic promotion depending <laughs> on how you're looking at this I, because they pulled some real talent for this terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> or were used to like punish some respectable people who didn't need to be in this movie. <laughs> I think 
they all just got duped I, into this movie. It's just getting, like, when we started this off, we were talking about, like, you know, for these movies, oh, there's, like, weirdly good talent here that would go on to do better things, but that's going to go away. That's not going to be true when we get direct-to-video. We are surprisingly deep into the direct-to-video and still having these kinds of, like, discoveries of, like, this person from, like, 200 episodes of an acclaimed, like, British, like, drama series. Like... He is still somehow yeah. not pulling quite the same talent, but he is still pulling like talent for these just absolute beyond scraping the bottom of the barrel like fests. Oh, uh, Seagal's daughter in this played what? by Sky Bennett. No, not his... Oh, 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 oh. No, no, Shadow no, Man's no, no, daughter, no. Jack Foster's daughter. Shadow. Yeah. yeah. No, I just Shadow I know I know we had it happen before. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised. Shadow Man's daughter uh, plays the voice of your gps in euro truck simulator oh hell yeah (laughs) oh hell yeah amazing (laughs) and american truck simulator oh oh good good i'm glad (laughs) oh she actually she is also in xenoblade chronicles 2 oh i was gonna say she's also in horizon forbidden west and dead island 2 she does a lot of video game voices yeah like a marvel superhero good for her so it seems like a lot of the people in this were fine. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them just got a quick paycheck in 2006 and then moved on with their lives. The funny thing is that the thing I do appreciate about this is how much is in like the UK acting industry because you see like a ton of overlap there, like more often than you do in America. Yeah. Like I saw for a few of these people, they've been in like shows together with each other after this. Do you? Th- oh, this guy was in Blade. Do you think that just they get on set and they're like, "You remember when we were in that movie where Seagal like watermelon punched it? He like watermelon punched <laughs> it at the end. Do you remember that, right?" And he's like, oh, "Yeah." <laughs> I got watermelon punched until my organs exploded in the skull movie. You were his, you were his daughter, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Do you think they reminisce about Shadow Man? Why did we ever agree to be in that movie? Oh, uh, at least nobody ever saw that, and nobody will ever talk about it for like more than an hour <laughs> and beg their friends to listen to them talk about it. That'll never happen, so we're fine. Uh, okay, so I am I am deeply encouraged that like every name that I'm looking at in the cast is still making nice. stuff, has made good things, seems to be in a pretty safe place. Seagal's just absolute toxic, like everything he touched, like reverse Midas turn it to crap like cannot truly ruin your entire life if yeah. you, fortunately it only it can only reach so like, far and it seems some of them actually turns to like stage plays like a lot some of them became like playwrights mm. and like serious artists real quick one thing I forgot to mention about this movie it has maybe the worst gun disarming scene we've seen Seagal do thus far Oh, all of them. They're so late. They're so slow. He this is a lazy. thing he's done in almost every single movie when someone has a gun on him and he like aikidos it out of their hand. He's done this like twenty three times by now. You think he's good at it? I swear in this movie the British taxi lady names, I'm sorry. She's holding a gun on him and he just like reaches over and just like politely like requests it from her and that's his like disarming of her <laughs> we were 23 movies in, and that is like the worst one we have seen so far there's so many of those two in this movie and they're not they're not all as bad as that but they're all like that and it's it's you remember in um oh is it fire down below is that the one with the oil rig no you're thinking on deadly ground 
Is that on Deadly Ground? Yeah. That's the one where the guy has been talking about how how oh, dangerous he is right. and how yeah. you should shoot him on sight the very moment you see him, and he waits till the very end of the movie, finally sees him, has a shotgun on him, and then talks to him for like 30 seconds about how he's going to shoot him, and then Seagal steals the shotgun from his hand. Yeah. And that's This whole movie is like that. Everyone has a shot on him. Everyone has a, 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 an intent to kill him, and they wait for him to take the gun away from them, and then they die. You can literally have your like helicopter minigun naked. K47 pointed right at him and you like you won't hit him and then he'll just turn around and shoot you with his handgun until you explode. It's not even that they won't hit him. It's that they won't even fire. They only they they wait until they have a perfect shot, that perfect scenario where he's not even moving. They have him right there in front of them. They could just pull the trigger and they don't. They wait for him to just take the gun away from them. It's so infuriating. So what are we uh what star ratings are we giving this movie? Uh, one. One and a half. Okay, I'll go one and a half. One and a half. Honestly, honestly, like that extra little half on top is just for like some of the absurdity. Like just because it is funny to yeah. say that his like father-in-law is, like triple crosses him, so he watermelon punches him so hard that his chi makes his <laughs> organs explode. Like okay, but not even see, that that's, happening. That's... Not that happening on screen. Me getting to like say that happened is like half a star. Uh, that's what I was gonna <laughs> say. It's you're you're thinking about our experience here talking about the movie, not the experience of watching the movie, because the experience of watching that scene is like yeah, I would not want to watch this again. Not, uh... but I still think it's one and a half because it's um like I just have to look at like what else I've given. Truly, just one star too. Um, hold on. Because if we're talking one star, we're talking Black Dawn, Glimmer Man, Out for a Kill, Out of Reach, or some no, uh, Submerged Half Star. I think it's at least better. I don't know, this feels. Mm, I don't think so. This feels like Glimmer Manny. It really does. Feel I like think Glimmer this Man. is at the lowest end of one and a half stars for me. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to argue yeah. with you if that's what you rate it. That's what you'd rate it. I would rate it at one. But this is Personally. if this makes sense because this is the dumb this is the absolute bullshit that watching skull movies makes you do is that this is there's so many one and a, like <laughs> most of my watch has been like one and a half stars so this is like bottom this is a low one and a half star versus a high one and a half star like into the sun See, was a high one and a half star this is a low this one is and where a half we star. really we need a more uh, a more adv- advanced rating system. We need like a ten star rating we need system like where you could like you could put this at like a, a two like... and a half versus a two versus <laughs> no, a one and a half. No, I need like a three point one four seven because this is like this one and a half is different from like a half past dead one and a half. Yeah, if that makes sense. There's not enough nuance in the. Five yeah, that's points, true. You know. That's true. You really got to break it down. Because, I mean, if you're doing half stars, that is a 10-point scale. A, yeah. No, oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. So I guess what I was talking about would be a 20-point scale. I need, like, a 100-point scale. Yeah. <laughs> we just need a percentage. It's mm, really yeah. all it comes down to. I didn't even write down any lines from this one. There weren't any, any oh, quotes. I didn't even think about it. There was, there was nothing. Oh, memorable. yeah. It's a bunch of garbage. I there was nothing interesting. My line is absolutely, Rogers, can you hack me into MK Ultra to shut it down for good? <laughs> shut it down for the, the the shut it down for good button yes in the in the screen that he hacks into that locks the doors and gasses out the scientists in their weird little glass container i do also like the part <laughs> when seagal like shoots a dude and the guy just screams as he like falls off the balcony 
Uh, I, I think my favorite line is whatever one of his Aikido students asked him. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the way you, I, I don't even I remember really, the line, but he's like, teach me how to watermelon punch. It was, it was like, I really respect the way you did that. Teach me how to do it. And then he just punches like, him I, into a like, wall. I liked the way you punched that watermelon. Te- and then he throws then he him like into a wall. he punches him through a wall. Like, yeah. This is yeah. how you teach your students. Yeah, he, sa- he you says throw like. throw them around and punch them through walls. Wait, hold on. And in the next scene, they show that wall. It's not broken. Bad movie. It really like it is not exaggerating that the guy says Sifu. I like the Sifu. I was impressed with the way you broke the watermelon. Can you teach me? And in response, Seagal walks up to him after just talking about how like you shouldn't like this is for violence and nonviolence. You have to be careful when you use your chi. Like this can kill someone. This guy, his student says, "I was impressed with how you did that. Can you teach me?" Seagal just walks up and just chi punches this dude like to death in the middle of the dojo. <laughs> it. But class, so, like, but class isn't over. Oh, he then, keeps yeah, then teaching. He just, I think he I can identify. I think I can identify like which scenes were written by Seagal and which weren't. So like that scene definitely written by Seagal. The scene where he explains how sad he is about his wife being dead, written by somebody else. Does he? The scene three seconds after that, where there's just a naked lady walking around his living room. That was written by Seagal. Oh, we never talked about that. We don't have to. Yeah. His his daughter leaves the his daughter leaves a day early. Oh, the instant she's out the door. <laughs> yeah, this this woman that we haven't been introduced to and doesn't ever come back walks into his office no. when he's and he's like done doing business things. Uh, he, takes he her clothes is off, is completely naked. Yeah, doing yep. business at his desk. She takes her clothes off and says, "Are you ignoring me?" And then what does he say? He's like, "Am I supposed to not ignore you or something like that?" I don't know. It was some awful line. She she, she says something along the lines of, "Are you ignoring me?" He says, "Am I supposed to not ignore you?" And then walks over to her, and then that's the end of it. We don't ever see her again. She's not introduced. She doesn't nope. have a name. Just random naked woman in his office. Yep. After his daughter leaves. All the scenes in the Russian nightclub with all like the uh, you know pole dancers and things. I'm pretty sure those are written by. And Seagal. just the same music track playing the entire time. Like four second loop, just going. Actually, Hans, you're right. I don't think in good faith I can put this above Glimmer Man. This is just one star for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still sticking with one and a half. I'm sorry. Sticking to my guns. Stick to your guns. Uh, this what one people watch instead. Um, I already said mine. You should watch Mission Impossible Three, specifically Mission Impossible Three, because it is because that's like, the one you watched today. Well, no, it is the like, same movie, the same <laughs> plot beats, like it's the same general cons- conceit. Yeah, but just executed a million times better. Yeah, I'm gonna say like not even close. I don't know. So in in the very beginning of this movie, there was some music that was playing um, that really reminded me of Sneakers. And then the movie turned out to not be even remotely close to sneakers. Uh, actually, actually, kind of. Um, actually, they have to go. Well, they have to go steal a MacGuffin, and then turn it into government agents who turn out to not actually be government agents, and then they have to try and get it back. So, kind of. You should That's watch Sneakers. Sneakers is a really good movie. That's like that's Robert Redford, I think, right? You have a podcast. You can just state things as if they're facts. Yeah, that's Robert Redford. That was Robert Redford in his prime. And uh, Dan Aykroyd. Oh, great. Whole bunch of other people, too. Very good movie. You should watch Sneakers. I can't. What movie would I tell people to watch instead of this? I can't think of one. Hey, wait, real quick. Sarah, 
Wife? Did you say wife? My wife. Sarah, I have a quick question. (laughs) I have a quick question. (laughs) Where is he? Where'd he go? (laughs) How am I supposed to edit this? (laughs) Yeah, leave all this in. This does not make for good radio. <laughs> oh, I think it does. <laughs> what should what should we tell people to watch instead of this one? That's Titanic. Good point, Taylor. Titanic. The Titanic. What? The Titanic. Okay, so yeah, after giving it much thought, um, I'd recommend that you watch Titanic instead of this one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a better movie. Um, the effects are better. What, uh, Zach, what about this movie made you think of the Titanic? Uh, yeah, just really. What about Jack's struggle yeah. made you think about uh... Jack? Yeah. Oh, is that it? Just Jack the, the character's name? Versus Jack, whatever his last name was in Titanic. <laughs> Dawson. Dawson. Dang, how do you remember? I haven't yeah, seen that what? movie in so many years. We've talked about this. Sarah wants me to watch it again because I didn't like the Titanic. Okay, well, here, actually, this is how I will tangentially connect it. Earlier, no, yesterday in our chat, I posted a clip. Yeah, where's the MacGuffin in the Titanic? Um, The MacGuffin. The 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 Mac- what do you mean, the, where's the MacGuffin in the Titanic? It's literally the heart of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the most famous movie MacGuffins of all time, Hans. She throws it in the okay, ocean at the really end. Ha- Listen, I just said, I just said, it's been many, many years. You need to rewatch. Yeah, the Hans Titanic. does need to rewatch. I Titanic. didn't. Sit, so I agreed to Come rewatch on, the Titanic Titanic because it's Sarah's favorite movie. Come on, God. And I told Sarah that I didn't like the Titanic, and she got very mad at me. Plebeian. So I, I'm not. I listen. I don't. I honestly, I don't like it. I just don't. Last time I watched it. I remember not enjoying the experience. It's really long. The, the the historical portion of it about the boat sinking is very interesting, sure. But like the, the tragedy that it is, but the story that they tell about Jack and Rose, I don't care. You should be okay. So I'm not gonna so, recommend to our, that was many many years I'm ago. Gonna, I'm, I'm a, not gonna recommend to our listeners I like, that they watch Titanic. I'm gonna recommend to Hans that you watch Titanic instead of watching Shadow Man. And I've already agreed to that. I I like to think that I'm a more mature person than I was. I don't even remember. It was probably high school since I've seen the Titanic. Wow. So I'm I'm ready to be wrong. I'm ready to be ready to be opened up to a whole new level of cinema. Good. I'm glad. Other than just the fact that I sourced a movie recommendation for my wife. um, The way I will connect this is that yesterday I posted in our chat... um, a shot from James Cameron when he directed the Terminator movie, um, T2. Uh, 
that instead of having him punch through like fake sugar glass, he uh, rigged up a steel fist to a pneumatic ram underneath Arnold Schwarzenegger's coat and just had Arnold Schwarzenegger punch through like a real window, and it's like super cool. Um, Wait, really? It's super cool. I didn't know that. Did you? Didn't you? you I didn't literally see that? just sent it to you yesterday at eleven eleven p.m. Come on. Gotta I don't know. I was probably asleep. Terminator Two Judgment Day. James Cameron put a, a steel pneumatic ram under Arnold Schwarzenegger's like coat to make it look like he was punching through a window because he just actually had the ram punched through this car window. Um, and that the way and they they did the shot where like the car is stationary and they had like a truck in the background with like brick wall painted on it and had the truck move to make it look like the car is moving. And it's just Dang. such a high effort like it's so clever <laughs> it's genius it like took so much energy and effort and it looks so good and it's like two seconds of this movie and this was like hundreds of thousands Steven of dollars Seagal would never um although actually in reply aaron said i have so much to say about the movie i just watched uh this information that i posted about terminator makes me want to say it but i'll save it for tomorrow do you remember what you were saving for tomorrow no, I was just saying, like, uh, there's no way that a Steven Seagal production would put that oh. much effort into yeah. one shot. Like, the, <laughs> you just, you don't. They don't have time. They got to make four of these in a year. So I will take Sarah's suggestion of Titanic and do a slight permutation on that. You should watch Titanic and Terminator 2 instead of watching Shadow Man. Because I both of those movies will have more effort in movies. one shot than this movie You've never seen the Terminator movies? You've never nope, seen the Terminator movies? any of them. No. Oh, you definitely. How many James Cameron films have you seen? Uh, well, he's seen Titanic. The Titanic, once a very long time he's ago. Seen, Admittedly, he's seen Avatar and Avatar when I was, two. yeah, Avatar and Avatar two. Yeah, and I hated Avatar two. Sucks. I have not seen Avatar. That I will not amend, and that I'm not open to having my mind changed. Avatar two sucked, <laughs> and I'm not afraid to say that <laughs> in a format where actually only about four people are going to hear me say it. But theoretically. Many more could hear me say that, and I'm not ashamed of it. Theoretically public. So you have theoretically not... public, and that movie sucked absolute. So you have, and not... it always will, and it always. You has. have not watched Terminator. You've not watched Terminator Two. You've not watched Aliens. You've not watched Abyss. You've not watched True Lies. Nope. So you haven't just. Out of all the James Cameron movies, you are missing like four of his top five. Yeah. No, yeah, I def. They're definitely the on the barrel there. They're all on my list. I want to watch them. I don't have any. Don't have any reservations. I just never have, and I need to. I think that Avatar is um, definitely James Cameron's like super passion oh, project, yeah. and I, I they're his weakest films. It is the first. Like, I liked the first one. I thought it was a good film. Thought it was a good movie. I had a good time. It was very well done. I need to rewatch it because I've seen it twice. I didn't like it really either time, but that was a long time ago. I I liked it. The second one sucked. Big fat booty cheeks. Terrible movie. Hey everyone, welcome to the cult of Big Jim, the James Cameron fan cast. Um, I legitimately would like to do James Cameron for another uh, season of this. That'd be a nice quick little interview. No, because that means I'd have to watch Avatar 2 a third time. And I'm not going to do that. But it also means you get to watch Aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Aliens is uh, Sigourney Reaver, right? Yeah. Yeah. Any closing okay. thoughts? I, in order to have a closing thought on Shadow Man, I have to have a single thought about Shadow Man, and I don't know if I have that. All I can, is ever since I started thinking about sneakers, all I can think about is that I really want to watch sneakers. Oh, sneakers, that's a good movie. I don't care about the Shadow Man anymore. It's a terrible movie. It's not the Shadow Man. It's the Shadow Man, Hans. You keep calling it the Shadow Man. I'm sorry. No article. Sorry. Um, My last thought on Shadow Man. Um... <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> Uh, yeah, an automatopoeic fart sound. <laughs>
that's what I got. <laughs> not worth your time. I do appreciate that the original... Not even worth our time. <laughs> I do appreciate that the original working title was Shadows of the Sun, and then it was retitled Shadows of the Past, and then Shadow Man. So they just... It had to have the word Shadow Three in titles it. that make And no each sense, one making less but... sense than the last. <laughs> we cannot stress enough. There was absolutely no... There wasn't even any, like, you know, nighttime sneaky scene where he was no. sneaking around in the shadows. It just didn't Everything happen. Everything took place in the day. Yeah. Yeah, no, he spends more time uh, in a random drug den that fact- factors nothing into the plot um, than he does in the shadows. The only time he's yeah, in the also, shadows yeah. is that scene where he's wearing, like, the yellow jacket and the guy looks over and Skull's kind of standing <laughs> in the shadows. That's very funny. <laughs> so that's why he's the you just man. see him? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty embarrassing. Embarrassing all around. Uh, it was embarrassing to watch. I'm embarrassed for everyone who was involved in making it. I'm really happy that it seems like the vast majority of them are doing all right. They all survived the Shadow Man. Yeah. Or just, they all survived Shadow Man. I'm sorry. I added the article now. You ruined me, Hans. I'm sorry. Um. So what do we have after this? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What do we have after this? Somebody pick up the syllabus. Ooh, attack Force. Attack Force. Oh. This one... That sounds like a like a like a farce. This like one has a poster that looks school. just like it's trying to be the this Matrix, and that Matrix. has me really excited. When do these movies? What movie? What well, year we already do had they like think two they're coming out? The, the commander of an elite military unit, Marshall Lawson, loses his strike team in a cold-blooded and seemingly random attack, and he takes it no, upon himself to investigate the attack with the help of his girlfriend Tia and his friend Dwayne. That no, was two sentences. Back, that whole description was two sentences. That was way too long. That's his backstory from Under Siege. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. We're really we're already recycling plots this aggressively now, aren't we? Oh, that's ups that's upsetting, actually. That's really upsetting. Oh, I, I can't I'm still I'm much more excited for the one after that flight of fury, because I have some choice things to say about that. Well, we're not there yet. I know we're not there Amazing. yet. Well, I just am really excited okay. to talk about it. Thank you for joining. Not excited to see it, though. Thank you for sitting through Thank you to our... 23 of these yeah. with us so far. Man, you, you could not sound more unenthusiastic. We really appreciate yeah. you the, being on this roller coaster. You're what us. makes this possible. This, <laughs> Steven, see it all is... <laughs> this roller coaster? <laughs> like a really old wooden coaster that isn't well-maintained. So you just you get off and you have a headache. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking more along the line, like you know, and uh, uh, an old wooden roller coaster where you go out of the station and you go down a little hill, so you get like just enough speed to get around a corner to the lift hill, right? Yeah. yeah. This whole thing that we're doing is just that little corner around the bottom. It's like continuously that you leave the station, yeah. you go really slow for hours, days, and then you return to the station. That's our roller coaster. And on that happy note, we'll see you next week. (laughs) What if we just stop? (laughs) That means one of us has to die. Ordinarily, I, I do not talk outside of the designated recording time about the movie i limit myself very strongly but here aaron make sure you're paying attention during this part that you're not even present for there's gold in here we're recording gold solid gold aaron
you know what the worst part is we like we didn't talk about it much but we talked about something seagal related for like 27 seconds in the middle of there so you have to listen to the whole thing because there's at least a little not a nugget but like a flake when you're like panning for gold there's a little tiny flake that's going to be at the bottom of your pan so you do have to listen to it for that Steven Seagal is exists thanks to the dutiful patronage of listeners like you please free us let me stop I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. I wish I, I I pray for the sweet relief of death. Please free us from our curse, dear listener. You can make it happen. You could stop this anytime. Please. I'd like to watch a good movie instead. I'd like to no longer watch these. We still have so many to go. <laughs> we still have so many of these to go. Please free us. We'll see you next week. Or not. Does actually... 23 is good. 23 is good. Are we, wait, are we done recording?